Welcome to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Every week, we'll be talking shop with lacrosse goalies, coaches, and special guests. This is the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Now your host, Coach Damon Wilson. Oh, yeah. Welcome to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. I'm Coach Damon. And before we get started... With today's episode, I want to read a quick word from our sponsor, and that's my own online camp, the Lax Goldie Rat Camp. So let's say you're a lacrosse goalie parent listening to this, and you want to help your kid improve. Check out the Lax Goldie Rat online camp. You're going to get the instruction. You're going to understand the game and this position. You're going to get all the drills that you need to train an elite lacrosse goalie. And most importantly, you'll understand how to help and train goalies mentally which is often the hardest part of the game. So check out the camp. It's available at laxgoalierat.com slash goal. That's laxgoalierat.com slash goal. If you're a female lacrosse goalie or coach, you definitely know my next guest. It's Devin Wills, quite possibly the best female goalie to ever put on the pads. She started Dartmouth and went on to win world championships with Team USA, and she's the only female goalie to try out for the men's professional league. Devin is great, and I hope you learn a lot about this position in this conversation with Devin Wills. My next guest on the Lax Goalie Rat podcast is Devin Wills. Devin, uh, just a slew of accolades, Team USA goalie, Dartmouth, all rookie of the year, a bunch of awards there, World Cup champion, uh, trying out with the MLL New York Lizards, which we'll talk about. But first of all, Devin, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Of all those accolades, I, I'm just curious, what, which one stands out to you? Which, like, which one are you most are you most proud of? Um, I would definitely say probably our 2009 uh, World Cup gold medal, um, or this past one, the 2017 gold um, gold medal. Just because I think for both of those events, like the first one. Um, it was my first time and our whole team, we were all rookies. Like none of us had ever been there before. And we were going against Australia who had just, or who had won the previous world cup. So in a lot of ways we were underdogs and it was a really tight game and um, we ended up winning and it was just a really great competition. And one of those games that like I always think back to, and then uh, this past world cup um, in 2017, Obviously, it was my last one, but also I think the group that we had, just the team camaraderie and just how we played the game was really something special, and I don't think it was something that I've ever experienced before. That's great, and I'm sure playing for country adds a lot more uh, significance as well. A lot of us out there have played for our high schools or our our college teams or club teams, but playing for country has to have (laughs) a little bit more significance to it. Yeah, it definitely does. And I think, you know, when you get to the World Cup, it's something, you know, you've been working for it for four years and through the U.S. system, it is such a grueling tryout process. And um, it is, you put that jersey on and it says USA and you know that you're just a select, you know, it could have been anybody, but that you were chosen for a reason. And, you know, there's a lot of pride that goes into it and a lot of tradition and I mean, you even see the countries that are around you and how hard they've worked to get there. So it's 
one of those things that even though you're competing, it's also, you're almost bound by like a common goal, a common interest. And, you know, you're able to just kind of have that camaraderie with these countries that you might not even speak the same language as. Sure. With lacrosse as the link. Yeah. (laughs) Going all the way back to the beginning, Devin, why did you become a goalie? So I started off um, playing like half field, half goalie. And um, the girl I was splitting with, like she, after like our first year, I was like, well, I like the field better. And I said, I like the goal better. So it kind of just worked out, you know, pretty easily. And then um, we were also going into kilts the next year and I didn't really want to wear a kilt and I liked wearing all the equipment and everything. So that was also like the tipping point for me. Nice. And as you were um, getting started, any particular like sticking points or any particular things that you remember struggling with as you were, um, as you were advancing in your career? Well, I think, I mean, patience was probably the hardest thing to work on um, as a goalie. And I think it's still something that every goalie struggles with, even as they get older and even more developed, um, is just waiting for the shot and being patient and then having that quick twitch to explode to it once the ball is finally released. Um, Because I think there's also an element of guessing that comes into patience is, you know, you start leaning or you start overthinking or you start guessing about your opponent. And then, you know, that just kind of messes with your patience. So I remember tons of hours being put in with somebody just faking, faking and me trying to just hold as long as I could and then explode for the shot, you know, once it was finally released. But I think that's something that I still work with my, my current goalies with, you know, all the time. Yeah, me too. I work with kids that I coach on that as well. And there's this great drill that I, I learned off of YouTube where you like use these, you shoot at them with these little um, like foam balls mm-hmm. and they don't like, they don't travel like normal balls. They float, you know, and I, I know exactly what you mean when goalies are really like, like tense and, and nervous and the shot comes at them and they feel like they just got to go and they kind of like guess in a way, but that drill really teaches them to sit back and like actually see the ball and then react to it. I, yeah, I love absolutely. that. Yeah. I've seen that. It, it is good. And I think it, it helps with tracking. It helps with a ton of different little elements for sure. Yeah. How would you describe um, your goalie style? Like it, I'd say every goalie, you know, has a, has a little bit, um, has some nuance to their style, whether they play a really high arc, a really flat arc, you know, step lateral to the shot or at a 45 differences in stance. Like how, how would you describe your, your goalie style? Um, I think for me, I definitely play like more of like, I call it like an igloo in terms of like the arc I play where it's kind of like flat on the sides and then arced around, you know, the top. Um, but then for my step, you know, usually it's on a 45 degree kind of depending on where I am. Um, I think when I played with the men, I had to change it a little bit, just back up a little bit more than I was used to. Um, because, I need more reaction time um, from their shots as opposed to the women's shots. But um, typically, you know, I try to bring as much athleticism into my style as I can, just being active, whether it's out of the crease or, you know, in a double team with the defense, that kind of stuff, um, rather than it being just about, you know, in the cage style. Yeah. 
That's great. That's I like that igloo. I just drew drew myself a little igloo to uh, <laughs> visualize exactly what that's like. But <laughs> I like that. I yeah, also I in California that they're like, "What's an igloo?" I'm like, "Never mind." <laughs> I, I know I'm a California kid myself, so yeah. I do know what an igloo is. Okay. Um, I also encourage all goalies to be athletic, right, and and mm-hmm. get involved outside the crease. I think that you know it if you can chase out a shot or if you can win a ground ball or, you know, help with the double team and earn a team possession. I mean, that's just as good as a save, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, who are some of your lacrosse goalie idols and, and what did you learn from them? Um, well, so growing up in Colorado, I had um, one of the nearby like local coaches. She actually played on team Canada as a goalie. Um, and so she kind of taught me everything I knew in terms of just like how to explode and how to hold and, you know, just the technique of everything. And, you know, she was short and totally opposite of the way I am. But I think what I loved about her was like her spunk and like her athleticism and her willingness to like take risks, um, outside of the cage. Um, and then Jessica Wilk, um, she was a U.S. goalie uh, before, you know, I kind of came up and we had a couple years together. But, um, you know, she's somebody that has definitely changed the way that goalies played and um, kind of set the standard. And she's full of really great insight, both as a goalie and like just as a coach and team chemistry and, you know, just kind of the product you want to put on the field. She's been incredible, um, you know, somebody to follow for years. So, um, and luckily I've gotten to, to be coached by her for the last three world cups, I guess. Um, so, you know, I've had a lot of really awesome role models that weren't necessarily just goalies, but, um, who just how they loved lacrosse, um, kind of taught mm-hmm. me to, to bring that into how I play. That's great. I I'll have to look up Jessica. You, you mentioned she sort of changed the game a little bit in terms of how the goaltending position is played. What, what specifically um, does that mean? Um, I think that, you know, she was just somebody who had a lot of presence in the cage. Um, it wasn't just something that she was on her own island in there. Um, you know, she was somebody who's like one of the, just like Stewie, um, the Canadian goalie, active with chasing ground balls, would ignite fast breaks with clears. Um, and, you know, I think the game has changed, obviously, for you know, in a lot of different ways from the past years. And I think she was kind of one of those, those goalies that kind of were on the cusp of that as the the game was transitioning into a more athletic style and a more aggressive style for not just, you know, goalies, but for field players in general. Yeah. That's awesome. So then um, you end up trying out with the New York lizards, which I want to talk about a little bit, because I think that, I think that a lot of young goalies are in a similar situation in that, you know, you're like when you, when you move up to play at a different level, right. And you've got to earn that respect. You've got to be a leader. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, how, how you did that, how you went about um, accomplishing that challenge? Yeah, I think it was kind of a mutual decision um, with me and, and kind of their organization to to put my name in and to see what happened and, to go to a tryout. And I think for me, I mean, it was a legitimate tryout and I think um, just having that experience and being named, you know, to the practice team and having the opportunity to earn a spot to dress 
was incredible. And I think it made me a better goalie overall. Um, it allowed me in a lot of ways to kind of go back to the basics and just focus on positioning or stance or seeing the ball or just really the very basic things that I think I had gotten away from um, playing with the women and at the U S level, you know, those things are obviously still very challenging and everything, but I think with the men, there was just a heightened sense of urgency and speed and, and everything, not just the shots, but like how you move on your angles, how, you know, quickly you bring your trail foot around, like everything was just so heightened that I felt like it really gave me the opportunity to kind of just focus on myself again, instead of kind of trying to be this, you know, leader or persona or whatever that I had needed to be on the U S team. And, um, it just kind of let me focus again on just, you know, stopping the ball. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I love what you said there. It's like, you're, you're going up to, you know, the highest level of lacrosse and what's the advice, get back to basics. I, I teach, I teach that to, to go, uh, try to anyways, teach that to kids all the time, especially when they go through slumps is get back to basics. And it's awesome to hear, you know, one of the elite goalies out there say, when I go up to the highest level, I, you know, for me, it was about getting back to the basics to, uh, so that that's great to hear. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I definitely think it worked. And I think when I did, you know, go back to playing with the women, it translated and, um, I felt like it had just kind of given me the confidence to just kind of play and, and not really worry anymore. And, um, I think it was just overall, it was a really awesome experience. Yeah. And that's the beauty with playing, um, with the elite competition, right. Is like when you go back to say your own level, your own, um, sex <laughs> league, right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you, you just feel so much, you feel so much better cause you've, you've been, you've faced the top shooters and uh, just ups your game. So I, I love that. Yeah. I mean, it was great. I would definitely do it again if I could. And <laughs> fortunately I'm retired now, but it, yeah. it's one of those. Well, highlights I was, was going to ask what's your goalie training regiment look like these days, but maybe, <laughs> maybe we could reframe that and say, um, you're training goalies at USC. Or are you the head coach? Uh, I'm the associate head coach, but I do the defense goalies in some of the midfield. Gotcha. So what, 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 what sort of goalie training regiment do you put your goalies through? Um, well, you know, I think they're all different. Um, we have three different goalies or we had, I guess we just graduated one. Um, but they're all very, very different in how they play. So their training, you know, schedules and styles are all different. Um, so, I mean, typically though, a, a week will look like, um, one or two, like, 45 minutes to an hour sessions with me and just them Um, one-on-one. Sometimes I bring like our other assistant coach with us to help shoot um, so that I can watch or, you know, kind of tweak certain things. And um, so, you know, the the individuals are kind of the time where they have the opportunity to, to really focus on certain things and try to get better and break those bad habits just because it's a controlled environment. Um, whereas, you know, in practice, they can only control so much. And, um, you know, I typically ask them like, while you're in practice, try to focus on what we were working on for three shots. And then when you rotate out the next time you come back in, just play, you know, so that there's sort of a balance between thinking and just playing. Um, 
but you know, they put a lot of work in Our goalies are typically at the very top of our, you know, our requirements every week. Um, you know, sometimes I have to tell them we can't go because their hours are so high. Um, but you know, throughout the year, you know, we try to treat it very individually and try to make sure that they're coached for them, not as like a, a overall group, but that's specific for them. Mm-hmm. And what sort of, I mean, what are some examples of like things you might've told them, like, this is what I want you to work on. Like, is it just top hand straight to the ball or, or make sure you get that lead step or is it things like that? Or, or is it something different? I think it varies. Um, sometimes it, it is very, very basic. I think with our freshmen, um, typically it, it tends to be kind of breaking the habits that they had in high school, whether it's, you know, a patient's issue or angles or how they step or leading with their hands. Um, those are some that, I mean, it takes a long time to break those habits. So that might go on for two weeks at a time. So um, that's kind of one area. And then I think as we get into season, typically we'll kind of work on what the opponent might try to do and simulate those shots a little bit and just so that they get comfortable with those movements. Um, But like I said, we try to make sure that it's not so much about, you know, thinking or thinking about what your opponent might do and just kind of keep the focus on them and their skills so that they go in feeling as confident as possible. Yeah. I love that. I love that break, um, that separation between like thinking and then just playing. Right. Because if you're a goalie and you're thinking like you're, you're thinking about a particular save movement or about a topic, you're not going to do as well. Right. Right. It's it's a, it's a react position and you've got to internalize that. But I do like the idea of thinking about it a couple of times so that you do internalize that. Right. So that's kind of the idea I imagine is that, you know, they're, they're actively working it, thinking about it and then just play. Right. And I think, you know, anytime you're in a reactive position as a goalie, if you're thinking you're just going to be a lot slower. So the reason why we do so many goalie schools or we do so many reps is so that it builds that muscle memory so that when you get into the situation live or in an uncontrolled setting that you're not thinking anymore, it just is now part of your natural reaction. So that's kind of what, you know, why they put a lot of the time in and a lot of it does need to be a controlled environment and atmosphere um, and sometimes it's hard to ask attackers to, to do that. And so, you know, that's where they see a lot of my shots throughout the year. <laughs> yeah. Repetition, repetition, huh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Devin, was there ever a time where, where in your career where you went through a slump and, and how did you get out of that? Yeah, I think everybody, you know, goes through slumps at some point, um, I think my slums kind of came more so from like a lack of confidence or overthinking. Um, And sometimes that stuff just kind of creeps in. You don't know where it comes from. You can't really control why it came in. Um, It might be that you're trying to force yourself to make a save, which is really hard to do when you're in a reactive position. Um, You know, it's one of those things. It's like, I'm trying to like think about save so hard and make save so badly that I end up, making the wrong move completely or my timing's off or my arms are frozen, you know, any, any of those things can kind of come in and it just can wear you down. So I feel like anything that I've gone through or I've seen my own goalies go through, I've just tried to encourage them to kind of ride it out and just let it run its course because eventually it's going to go away. And 
typically, you know, what I try to do with my goalies when they get into that kind of rut is just take them back to the basics, ask them what they want to work on to get their confidence back and just kind of do that and, and just kind of slowly work through it rather than overthinking it or overanalyzing it. Cause sometimes the more you talk about it or the more you think about it, the, the worse it's going to be. And the more you just kind of spin yourself into a circle. Yeah, that's great. So if there's a young girl out there in goal, who's lacking confidence, what, what would be your advice to, to building that confidence? Well, I would just say um, to focus on one thing at a time um, and keep it small and try not to make it a laundry list. Cause sometimes when you're young and I ask people, you know, what do you want to work on? They list off like 10 things and it's like, well, okay, well we have 45 minutes. So what are those things do you actually want to work on? And kind of putting the ownership in their hands a little bit to kind of decide this is what is most important to me right now. And just kind of working on that. And I think you have to do it with somebody that you trust um, in an environment that you trust because you don't want to, burn yourself out by trying to fix all these things and put all this time into it, but you're just reinforcing the bad habit or reinforcing the frustration. So it needs to be something that you have somebody there with you that you can trust that they know what you're talking about and then they can kind of help you work through it. And, you know, if they're not doing it correctly, like that you feel comfortable enough with to say, Hey, can you actually do this instead? So I think, you know, again, going back to the basics, is kind of where, all good things start from. And that's typically where, you know, whether I'm training for something that's much harder, I go back to, or if it's something that I just need some confidence, I just kind of go back to that. Awesome. You mentioned an interesting coaching point that I, that I've never thought of (laughs) that seems so simple, but it's like asking them what they want to work on. (laughs) Yeah. Right. You know, it's like so many times you're like, all right, here's what we're going to work on today. And you don't get the kids buy-in, right? You know, it's kind of like you're shoving the training down their throat. Whereas when you, when you, when you ask, when you take your approach and ask what they want to work on, and you may have an idea of what they need to work on and hopefully they say the same thing, right? But at least you're getting, you're getting that buy-in and they're, and they're, you know, they're, they're pumped up to to do that workout. Yeah. And I think I, with, with that, you know, I think um, a big part of it is like, they might be feeling something that you see totally different and you kind of have to listen to them. And a lot of my goalies joke that our individuals turn into like therapy sessions because, you know, it asks, you know, it starts with, so what do you want to work on? And then it kind of progresses into like, well, why are you feeling uncomfortable with that? Or, you know, whatever it might be. So they always say it ends up turning into like a therapy session. But I also think too, you know, if you have something that they need to work on and they're not buying in, I mean, luckily for us, we have film footage of everything. And so if they're not buying into it, I can easily say, well, you're working on this because I want you to watch these 10 clips and tell me what you see. So sometimes they might not have any sort of realization about what, what they look like or what's happening. Um, But I think it's important that, you know, both sides of the equation are, are heard for sure. Yeah. And it's not just you guys. I mean, nowadays with the iPhones, I just get a tripod and you can get video on yourself very easily. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, So I, I, that's something that I think every goalie should do because you're right. Sometimes you might not realize a bad habit that you have or, you know, a false step you're making or a twitch that you have or, 
if you can get the shooter in in the shot, you might be able to see you know exactly uh, if you have that that patience that we talked about earlier, and you're making the right movement. So I encourage all goalies to to record themselves and check it out. It's great. It's great coaching. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Awesome. Um, let's discuss the mental game a little bit because as you talked about, um, you know, these goalie training sessions can turn into therapy sessions. <laughs> and, uh, I'd say for me being in the crease was my therapy, <laughs> <laughs> but how do, how do you coach? Um, it, it, how do you, how, how did you remain mentally tough while you played and, and how do you coach it if it's, if it's different? Um, well, I think, for me, it was always a matter of like resetting the score in my head um, of it always being zero, zero, or just telling myself to just play. I think, um, you know, how overthinking can kind of mess with your patience or mess with your movements. I think overanalyzing past goals can also mess with your confidence and make you second guess yourself and, you know, I think sometimes people are really concerned about their stats, like oh, I've made three saves, but I've let five in or, you know, whatever. And I think it's really difficult to just look at numbers as a goalie because there's so many different circumstances going on that you might not have any sort of control over the types of goals that went in. Um, you might've made the right move. And I think a lot of times I try to tell my goalies, as long as you're making the right move to the ball, then I know you saw it, you just missed it next time you'll get it and, you know, just move on. Um, and I, I think that's really important um, to helping goalies reset. But I also think you have to kind of know who your goalie is. Um, I've had a goalie who I could, you know, try to sugarcoat it as much as possible and nothing would change. But then the second I yelled at her, she was immediately making the fix and making the next save. So, you know, it's one of those things that maybe it's not what you would want or you don't necessarily feel comfortable coaching that way. Like I certainly didn't want to yell at her, mm -hmm. um, but you know, that somehow triggered a response. And I think that's where as a coach, you just got to know what your players are going to respond to. And, you know, it's not just goalies. It's, it's all your players. You, you know, you might have field players who just can't handle getting yelled at or get, you know, they know they made a mistake. They don't need you to tell you or need you to tell them. So I think it's knowing kind of what your audience is, is really, really important, but then also kind of what you want that message to be, you know, when you actually deliver it. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I love that concept of resetting the score. You know, it's, it's always a zero, zero game. And, and that doesn't, it doesn't matter if you're up by, you know, 10 goals or down by 10 goals, right. That applies and, and right. you can play, you can play, uh, at the same level, regardless of what the score is. And the other, the other thing there is you're right, you're going to give up goals. And, you know, as long as you're focused on, on making the right save movement, like, are you on it? I, I sometimes say, well, I was on that one, but it, you know, there was just a little bit too close, a little bit too fast. So I think those are kind of the two great mental tips to, you know, just stay focused. Yeah. And it's, it's definitely hard, but you know, it's just one of those things that you have to work through as a goalie. It's kind of, unique to your position, but there's a lot of other positions out on the field that are dealing with mental battles as well. It's just probably a little bit different, whether it's like a face-off person or shooting or a defender getting called for fouls. So it is one of those things that as a goalie, you probably have to think about it a little bit more, but there, you're not the only one. You know, I think there's a lot of people out there that have that mental battle as well. And I think that's where like relying on your teammates and knowing 
that you're not alone is, is really important. And I think sometimes goalies just kind of revert back to, to themselves and kind of going too inward. And I think the more you can get out of that, the better off you'll be. That's a good point. I, you know, you've heard the talk about sometimes goalies are on an Island, um, but really it is a team sport, you know, and, and your team is there. And I feel like sometimes goalies put themselves on an Island and don't reach out for that help to, to their team and say, Hey, I'm, I'm feeling down or I'm, you know, give me some, give me a pep talk. Do, do you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, it is an individual position in a team sport. So it is isolating at times just because you are the only one in that position, but you are still a part of the defense. And I think for me, that's something that I've always kind of come back to is trying to make sure that it's not me and then them and that it is a, a group effort. And, you know, they don't need to know the X's and O's or, the technique of my saves and whatever. I mean, they probably have no idea, but I think that camaraderie and then that we need to do this better. We're doing this well is kind of the way to communicate it in that it's not, you need to do this or, you know, you need to be better about this. And I think that's where a lot of times goalies kind of draw that line in the sand is they isolate themselves trying to lead because they're trying to tell everybody else what to do, but they forget like, you are a part of the defense. So, you know, it's not just on them. Yeah, that's great. Um, When you're evaluating goalies or recruiting goalies, I guess might be a better way to say it. What besides, you know, natural saving ability and, and kind of lacrosse goalie skills, what, what other, what other attributes are you looking for? Um, Well, I can only speak generally um, because the NCAA rules, but Um, I think for me, like I said, I kind of tend to look for the kids who, um, make the right move. They might not always make the save, but if they're making the right move, if they're quick, um, I think there's a lot of times, um, you know, when you're watching young goalies to kind of think that they're really, really athletic and they're really, really quick, but they might have a ton of bad habits. Um, and I think, you know, kind of breaking those habits are one of those things you got to think about is, is that just kind of how they play or is that, you know, their athleticism itself? Um, So I, you know, I think it kind of varies. It just depends on, you know, what I'm looking at. Um, But hand speed is always really, really important um, because you can always teach somebody to to be patient um, and let their hands go first. But if their hands are just kind of slow, you know, that's, that's kind of a deal breaker. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think also like how, you know, they respond after they get scored on, um, you know, mm-hmm. are they in their heads? Are they isolating themselves? Are they overly, you know, cocky or overly confident? I think all of that kind of comes into play and, you know, you just kind of watching and everybody's got their own style and there's definitely not one correct way to play, at all. So you just got to kind of look at their individual strengths as opposed to, um, you know, putting everybody in a box about, you know, you need to play this house or this, you know, step or clear this way. I mean, there's so many different styles and there's so many different strengths of every single person out there that you just got to kind of recognize what they're good at. And are they playing the way that is highlighting those strengths? That's great. Great answer. Um, I want to talk a little bit about leadership. So um, you were Team USA captain, right? 
I, I don't know for a fact, but I, I'm going to assume you're a captain at Dartmouth. Is, mm-hmm. is leadership something that, that is just, that is something um, that's always been a part of your personality? Or is that something that you've learned along the way? Um, I think you have to ask my teammates that. Uh, no, I think, um, you know, leadership is always something that you learn. You're going to make a ton of mistakes. You're going to, you know, be inspired by other people. I think the biggest thing, you know, when you're put into the leadership role is to not make that something that separates you from the rest of your teammates. Um, I think it's really important, important when you're a leader to make sure that you're still you and that like, if you were elected a captain or chosen or whatever, like you still need to be the person that got you there. And I think, um, sometimes, you know, being captain, like you put too much pressure on yourself because you're trying to control everything, whether it's the team and how they do this or that, or you're trying to, you know, make sure you win and you're putting more pressure on yourself for that, or you're trying to be a coach because, you know, now you've got this title and, you know, you feel this extra responsibility. I think that's where you kind of get yourself into trouble because like that's taking you away from actually being the person that you were when you were chosen to be a leader. So, um, you know, I think it's definitely something that you have to grow into and that you learn over time, but you know, I think one of the things that I've learned the most is like credibility and credentials are two very different things. So, you know, you earn credibility. I think you earn leadership. Um, and, you know, just being on the U.S. team doesn't mean you're necessarily a good leader. Or, you know, being an All-American doesn't necessarily mean you are a good leader. I think, you know, those are credentials. So I think it's one of those things that you just kind of have to earn your way through and, and learn your way through. And that it's going to develop you as a person, um, you know, without an agenda of being like a leader. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Leadership is definitely earned. I, I think, you know, you, you've got before you become a team captain or a leader of your team, before people trust you, uh, they need to see that you walk the walk, you know, yeah. that, that, that you're putting in, that you're putting in the hard work, uh, and leading by example. And then, and then, you know, those, re- those official leadership roles like team captain or what have you, uh, will come. They'll, they'll come. Exactly. So that's a great answer. Um, cool. Any, any specific, um, books that, that you, uh, or, you know, specific, I don't know, movies or books or anything that you use in your, in, in coaching goalies? Um, you mean in terms of like tactical things? Yeah. Or or even more like mental things like sports in general. Um, not really. Um, you know, I kind of, yeah, I guess I haven't really ever like used any of that stuff. No, no worries. I was just curious. Yeah, no, I've just tried to kind of navigate my way through. I mean, there's been stuff that we've given our like team captains and stuff like that to read and just our team in general to read and kind of learn from, you know, com- competitive edge or mental edge or, you know, killer instinct, that kind of stuff. But never anything like specifically for goalies, whether it's, you know, mindset or tactical. It's just kind of been one of those things I've just tried to work through with them. Yeah. Were, were those books or just like, 
I don't know, articles that, that you gave to the team? Uh, typically it was just articles, but I know when I was in college, we read a lot of books um, and did a lot of team discussion about it. And, you know, I think those things are kind of hit or miss um, with, with people. And, um, you know, like I said, sometimes almost talking about it, you know, too much almost perpetuates a problem or, or makes you spin a little bit too much. And for me, that was kind of the case. So I, you know, I haven't really ever, kind of put that on to my goalies and, you know, if it's something they wanted to do, absolutely. It's just, I think everybody's a little bit different in how they kind of get motivated by that. Yeah. Um, so then you went on, you started coaching at USC and you guys have had just tremendous success. How specifically did you transition from being a great goalie to being a great coach of goalies? Um, well, you know, I still think being a coach, like you're still learning and you're still adjusting and adapting. So I don't know if I'm, you know, quite ready to call myself a great coach of the goalies, but um, I will, I'll, I'll call you that. <laughs> but I think I've been really lucky. I've had amazing goalies that have come through USC. Um, you know, they made me look really good. Um, I think they've all had tremendous uh, work ethics. I mean, even from the very first day, you know, having two brand new freshmen, um, they put a ton of time in, they wanted to be as best as they possibly could be. And, you know, I think both of them had kind of unique stories and that they weren't really recruited that much by too many places. And, um, they were just willing to do whatever I asked of them. And, um, you know, I think that as a coach is all you can ask for. Um, and then I think, you know, the goalies that we've had now, I mean, it's crazy to think that, you know, we've only gone through like two main or I guess three now major classes but um you know they came in with a lot of you know talent and athleticism on their own that I've kind of had an easier you know easy job of just kind of trying to mold that and you know put that into something but to be honest I mean it's really them like they they really put the work in they know what they're doing I'm just kind of there to to shoot on them (laughs) so yeah well that's great well, thank you so much for taking the time, Devin. And I know I've learned quite a few drills from you off of off of YouTube. Um, one I saw with like wrapping paper, where you kind of block the goal, <laughs> block the goalie's vision. I, yeah. I really like that one. Um, and another I saw using a um, like a baseball mitt, kind of kind of focusing on getting that lead hand to the ball. Uh, yeah. So, so those are two in particular I learned from you. So I, I really appreciate that. Oh, well, yeah, I'm glad to help. You just go through a lot of wrapping paper. Make sure you recycle. <laughs> That's right. Um, where can people learn more about you? Um, well, so I run um, a bunch of camps and clinics um, with my business partner through Game Day Lacrosse. Um, we actually do like position-specific camps, two big ones um, every year. So we have one coming up at the end of July uh, in Virginia. Um, it's called world-class, um, training camp. Um, and then I have my own company, Will's Lax, that I typically run like smaller local clinics and things like that through. So those are typically the two spots. Um, otherwise, you know, the USC website, <laughs> you can see my headshot. Cool. And that's just willslax.com yep. and gamedaylacrosse.com? Uh, gamedaylax.com. Gamedaylax.com. Excellent. Well, I'll link up to those uh, when this comes out. And once again, thank you so much, Devin. I know um, in speaking with a lot of female goalies, you are their idol. 
So uh, I'm sure it's been great for them to hear you and kind of share your story and your tips and, and your guidance. So thank you so much. Uh, well, thank you for letting me be here with you and, um, you know, love helping goalies out there. So, um, you know, whatever I can do to help for sure. So there you have it. Female or male goalie alike, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Devin Wills. The tips that she shared are not just specific to male goalies. They apply to every single lacrosse goalie, lacrosse goalie coach out there. And it was just a great conversation with Devin Wills. If you like the show, please share it with someone that you know that would get value out of it. I'd be extremely grateful. Also, if you could leave an iTunes review, I'd also be extremely grateful. Until next time, I'm Coach Damon, and take care. You've been listening to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast with your host, Coach Damon Wilson. 